And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Hi, heroes. This is Stan Lee coming at you. want you to know, Marvel has always been and always will be a reflection of the world right outside our window. That world may change and evolve, but the one thing that will never change is the way we tell our stories of heroism. Those stories have room for everyone, regardless of their race, gender, religion, or color of their skin. The only things we don't have room for are hatred, intolerance, and bigotry. That man next to you, he's your brother. That woman over there, she's your sister. And that kid walking by, hey, who knows? He may have the proportionate strength of a spider. We're all part of one big family, the human family, and we all come together in the body of Marvel. And you, you're part of that family. You're part of the Marvel universe that moves ever upward and onward to greater glory. In other words, Excelsior! Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Episode 145, buddy. I know. I, I, I feel really bad that I missed... It. This time of year is always... There's, it seems like there's always episodes where it's like, and Langley's not here. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It traveled, we're in Washington, so yeah. it can get a little squirrely sometimes. Yep, yep. Um, we are here for episode 145, where we're going to talk comics. Comics. Something we've both talked shit about for a long time. Guys who stand up and tell bad jokes. <laughs> No, no. No, oh, no? No, no, no. Oh, shit, my notes are all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Um, No, we're here with the owner of a comics place, which is a comic shop here in Bellingham. Right. He also owns and runs a place called Moonbase in Fairhaven, Washington, which is a town just outside of us. Well, it's it's kind of Bellingham. Yeah, it's all Bellingham. (laughs) (laughs) The world is Bellingham. Um our world is. I, we've known, we've both known yeah, this guy for a long this time. This guy's a friend. If you go to elsewhere on my website under the Act of Will, Con, uh, Act of Will podcast, right. you'll find an hour and a half of me talking to him about his life and how he grew up. And he, he's a great guy. His name is Django Boren. Django, welcome. Here I am. There you are. <laughs> in all your glory. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he, Jen's a guy who we routinely, we all run, routinely yeah. run into town, and, and he's one of the most knowledgeable guys I know on this subject, so uh, I wanted to talk a lot about it, because it's a big chunk of what we're seeing hitting cinemas. Sure. And even the things that aren't directly comic related, they're still heavily influenced by the visual style that's happening in a lot of these comic book movies. Right. Um, but first, briefly, as I said, there's the Act of Will interview, but give me your background in like a, in like a nutshell. Oh, man. Like, related to comics? Yeah. I've been... No, uh, your sexual <laughs> When I first started reading comics, I, I was uh, reading it just because I was collecting Indiana Jones stuff. 
and then eventually in like 1989 or so I found uh, the Shadow Comics and nice. Batman Legends of the Dark Knight number one and uh, man I bought those for like a quarter in St. Augustine, Florida and just never stopped collecting comics from there. Uh-huh. And then a couple of years ago, I got asked to take over uh, the comics place in downtown Bellingham when the previous owner was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, and I ended up with this thing. I've, at this point, I've probably read, I don't know, Infinity Comics, probably, pretty close. <laughs> yeah, his story, your story's great. I mean, I love the way that it's laid out. It's It's clearly curated. Is that a, is that the right word? Curate. Thank you. Yeah, I think, I think we curate. <laughs> yeah, the idea that there's it's not just like you know you, you get your idea of your your typical comic shop owner and it's like well what's selling we'll stock up a lot of that. Um, this is more <laughs> like I think more uh, hand picked, more like here's stuff that we have to promote, but here's also a lot of this other stuff that is pretty groovy that you may or well, may not as, miss. I mean it just as an example I it, like I keep eyeballing there's a book there that I want to pick up um, and it's a, a book about um, Spanish uh, comics uh, masters oh, essentially. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so Esteban Morado and, and guys like that heroes of mine and I'm like I would never find this in another store mm-hmm. maybe you could find it online but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is different this is like there's, you know what? I think a lot of times we miss that. We miss, sorry, we miss that. Um, we miss that element of discovery. That idea that that happening upon a book that you never well, you, knew existed. Yeah. But there it is in your hand. You'd have to wait three days while Amazon pulls it from a shelf, puts it in a box, right? Buries yeah, it and there's your, there's something something about the artifact of uh, a physical comic book or a physical book that really appeals to me. I've I've tried to read digital, and it's I've I've thought about filling in my collection online, and both of those aren't nearly as satisfying to me. So when we moved into this new place, we just kind of decided, let's do everything on purpose. And so, you know, we spent three or four days just looking at the space and trying to decide what was going to happen in the store before we built any shelves or decided anything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're all huge comic nerds, so, you know, we we try not to sell people on comics. We try to introduce them to our favorite comics or comics we think that they're going to dig. Um, and I tell people all the time, like, I don't expect you to buy these 15 books I just put in your hands today, but put them on a list and go read them at the library if you don't want to buy them. Like, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is, we want you to enjoy this medium. Right, right. This is how story stories get passed around now. It's The campfire's gone, and now we, we've got these other artifacts that are, that are, are, because are, are, we need that. I think as people, we inherently need capital S story. Yeah, yeah, it's it's how we model our lives, right? Not to right. get too like that. No, about no, it. no. But you no, know, I think I think you're right, and uh, I think we've even we've talked about this before. But I, you know, comic books. Um, as much as I don't like superhero stories and stuff, but I, I I will concede that comic books or graphic novels or whatever you're reading, it's okay to call them comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, are essentially the 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 American mythology. Yeah. We mm-hmm. we are not a country that has a long history. Mm-hmm. So we don't have these, you know, Beowulf stories and things like that. And right, essentially right, right, right. comics are those stories for us. 
Well, as Superman as, is our Hercules. Yeah, I was yeah. Just, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I really like about comics is how they're um, like there's there's a really low barrier to tell your story. So like if you write a novel, you've got you know months and years into writing this thing, and if you make a movie, you've got thousands to millions of dollars and dozens or to hundreds of people involved and in a comic it's like you know a month or two and six people and you can have an issue out mm. um so it, it kind of allows for um testing different types of stories or different ideas without that huge risk uh and, yeah. and there's a big enough segment of the population that reads these things that you can kind of see, oh, wait, that was a terrible idea. Nobody wants to read this. Or, hey, this is a good idea. Now everybody's going to write this same story into Superman or Green Lantern or whatever. <laughs> but it's also the case where something, like you've seen quote-unquote comicizations of novels, and mm -hmm. what the novel yeah. works, but the, no, the comicization, that's hard to say, comicization doesn't work because it's, it's different. There's the, the voice is different, well, the I, depth of detail is different. I think that the time that, um, I think that the times that, that comicization, that is a weird, <laughs> that is hard <laughs> to say, yeah. uh, uh, does work is whenever it, it usually, you know, it takes the source material and then it goes somewhere else with it. Mm -hmm. and it, and then it becomes its own thing. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking of uh, movies to comics. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Alien, the Alien franchise, right? That became a whole completely different. Well, the beauty of that was is, is the, the restraints of budget came off. Right now, yeah. I don't have to fill a stadium with people. I just have to draw. A stadium. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, and they've done they've done some successful and some very unsuccessful adaptations like that. Mm -hmm. um, kick ass, but like, uh, yeah. Oh, well, kick ass went from comic to movie. to movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, uh, uh, do androids dream of electric sheep? Was actually adapted into a comic book. Right. And they did it in a way that hadn't really been done in any other comic before, where they took the entire text and made a comic using all of the words from the novel. So yeah. if it's narration, it's, uh, you know, little square boxes. If it's people talking, then it's the people talking with word balloons. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. it took 24, 64-page issues. So it was like this giant comic by the time it was done. But I thought that was a really cool idea because you get kind of the, the impact of both. It reminds me of the, um, in the early days of Twitter, Stephen Wright was posting... And he was writing a novel, 144 characters at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, was, I have no idea if he made it or not. But I was thinking about trying to do something like that uh, and, and doing a comic shop um, sitcom on Instagram with uh, up to one-minute vignettes. Oh, that's hilarious. And just try to build a story like that. I have no idea how to do it, but we might just jump in and mess it up for a little while well, what's great is that you aside from the comic book stuff you're a, you're a, a viciously i'll use that i'll use that word viciously creative guy i mean you you're involved in some of the local like film things and you're involved in a lot of live events and and that kind of thing as well so that's not out of reach you know um yeah well wow thanks i i guess uh i guess i have been involved in a lot of that kind of stuff i yeah. just look at it as things i feel like doing like fun stuff to do right with two stores i haven't had time to even right, right, you know right, like right. i don't even turn the lights on when i come home some nights i just walk upstairs and 
fall down on the bed face down. Um, and dream in word balloon. dreams are panels. Before we get too far away from, from that, that fertile ground that sprang us as man, um, growing up, what were the writers, artists, books that were hallowed? Oh, man. Um, I guess when I, when I was growing up, we, we traveled a lot. We were on the road every day in a new town every night for my dad. He's a, he's a musician. So there was a lot of time for me to sit in the car and read. Um, and I don't really remember early stuff that I read, but I definitely uh, at one point decided to read all the classics that I could. So, you know, I read 1984 and Brave New World and just kind of went down the list of books that you should have read by now. Mm-hmm. and uh, The books that they and, used to make you yeah. read in school. Yeah, right, but before, I wasn't in yeah, school. Before Harry so Potter was, became yeah. fucking <laughs> literature. Uh, one, of the, one of the big books that, uh, or I, I guess two of the books that really kind of directed me, um, I got from my very first girlfriend, and they were The Princess Bride and The NeverEnding Story. So that uh, kind of set me on, you know... Not, I, I'm not into fantasy per se, but there's there's something about those books that are just solid adventures. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, it's the after bedrock, that, it, yeah, you know, of, the, of your later taste development. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, after that, only, it just kind of turned into comics. You're only just like as, as cool. They, they say you're only as smart as your smartest friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing, I think, with Cool Factor. Like, if you don't know Fulci exists, right? You know, growing up. It, seeing it at any age just becomes a revelation. Right, right. Not to yeah. fulch into this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so those, like those, and then when I started doing comics, my, my favorite artist early on was Kyle Baker. Yeah. He's got this super cool cartoony style. He did the Shadow um, books that first turned me on to comics. Right. And he's done, like, Plastic Man. Uh, he did a really cool um, Nat Turner story. That was uh, based on Nat Turner's life. Sorry, I just uh, when you said that I thought Nat Turner Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Kind of like that. It's yeah, just kind yeah. of a bonk book. Um, but he's he's always like top top of the line for me. Um, a lot of my favorite uh, artists are kind of like my favorite nostalgia artists at this point. Uh, currently, you know. There's, there's, I, I see so many comics in a day that I pick out a lot of, a lot of creators that I'm interested in and follow, but nobody nearly as, as heavily as the ones that, you know, I kind of cut my teeth on. Mm-hmm. So like Howard Chaikin, people yeah. can't stand that guy right now, and uh, uh, but come on, he's he's got something about his art that just makes me. I'll, I'll read whatever he draws. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I came on to him in the Big Black Kiss days. Yep. When it was like, he's doing erotica. Like, he's showing wieners and blah, 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 blah. Right. That was a big deal. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful stuff. Um, well, and, and they're talking about adapting American Flag, which was uh, one of his comics, into a TV show, I think. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, do they're going to do it with Dread, so why not? American flag. Yeah, Django. For yeah. you, which comes first, the story or the art? Uh, it's always the story for me. But if the art isn't any good, like the, the art is part of the storytelling in this thing. So, mm-hmm. if the art is really bad, you better have a good fucking story, or I'm not yeah. going to have a time yeah, yeah, yeah. picking up the next issue. That's yeah. that's that's how I feel about Alan Moore. 
It's like, yeah. it's like yeah. I, I like I like Alan Moore's writing. I like the stories, and often I hate the art. Yeah, they, he gets just, a wonky art style. Yeah. I always thought like the art is what draws you in. It's like the aroma. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but if you if you get there and it's spam, yeah. <laughs> you know you're like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. have that Alan Moore mouthfeel that I wanted. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, I always bring up straight uh, Sienkiewicz's straight toasters. It's beautiful, <laughs> but as you read through it, you're like, I have no idea what any of this means. Yeah, and that's yeah. too bad. You know, that that's just too bad because at the end, that's your. We've talked about all this before, but that's your bedrock. Your sure. story is your bedrock, and and without that. There, there are some books that I'll read just because the art is so cool, but it's it's pretty rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every now and then, somebody will do like uh, it's usually <laughs> just like a single issue thing or, or one story. But I always find it interesting whenever somebody um, does a, a comic with no no words, no dialogue, no narrative, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. all told through you know, pictures. It, that brings into my mind the um, there's a Chris there is some words at the very, very end, but there's a, a Christmas issue that Frank Miller did of Sin City, ah. of Marv going into this place seemingly to procure some sex, sex or something sure. or other, and virtually dialogueless until the very end, uh-huh. and uh-huh. It, it'll make you weep. Yeah. It is so amazing. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have... So, yeah, a couple things about that. There was a Batman story, uh, part of, I think, Ten Nights of the Beast... Um, uh, it was called The Many Deaths of Batman. I think it was Ten Nights of the Beast. Um, and it's a completely wordless story where these Batman corpses keep showing up, and they'll like take the cowl off in the morgue, and he's got bright red hair, and they take the cowl off, and he's a blonde guy. Um, and that was really cool, and one, one of the first like major superhero things to do that, I think. And people came down on it pretty hard, and they're like, oh, the writer didn't have to write anything, and... Um, you know, I read this this issue in like 30 seconds. This is all bullshit. And I was on that team until I I got a little bit older, and then I realized no, this this was probably really difficult to write. And you can spend as many minutes on a panel as you want, and this you know, there's a lot more to this than right, right, right. than the surface. It's it's Michael Bay versus Kurosawa, right? It's, 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 yeah, it's, right. It's it's a, it's a de- deeper level of storytelling yeah. I think. and there are some people who are just amazing cartoonists uh, and it, it sounds kind of uh, like like I'm talking down on them for, for doing cartoons but like a uh, guy named Darwin Cook who just passed away earlier this year did um, did a book called New Frontier for DC and it's, it's beautiful and amazing but the thing that really turned me on to him was his uh, Parker adaptations uh, the, the old uh, like crime novels. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. These these comics are amazing. And it's not that he doesn't use a lot of words, it's just that he gets a lot of character and there's a lot of acting going on in the panels that you don't get from a lot of artists. Wow. So his his he did four of them I think before he died and you know like if my dad comes to visit and is like, "Oh, what 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 comic do you think I would like?" I'll give him one of those and and he's sold. Yeah, I think noir works really well in comic form. Sure, it's yeah. it's that high contrast. Well, I was going to say high contrast imagery that translates well to comics, but it 
high contrast everything, right? Well, I think it's, it's like, all. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, when you love, you love hard. When you fight, you fight hard. When you, you know, you know what I mean. And so I, I think that makes always makes for compelling storytelling. Agreed, and I think that a lot of it is both in noir and in comics. It's we talked about the the story deck. Yeah. Um, it's the, that's more blatant. We, we, the the archetypes are are big archetypes, yeah. and, they, and they don't need a lot of discussion. You know, br- br- is it is it Brubaker? Not Brubaker. Brubaker, yeah. yeah. He's amazing at it's this. It's that stuff. Yeah. It's that. Um, uh, uh, but it's told like I don't need to know a lot about the, uh, this guy because he's standing right in front of me. I can right. tell from the way he's dressed right. and the way da 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 da. It's the classic, you know. I knew she was trouble when she walked yeah. in my door. You know? I don't want to like, say that they're dealing in cliches, but they're definitely dealing in tropes, and that right. works well because with comics, a lot of times you're you're picking it up and you you're jumping into the story. Well, yeah, I mean, like if you it, like if you uh, unless you're doing something completely new and and kind of mixing genres and stuff. There's nothing wrong with like, hey, this is a western, so everybody's wearing a cowboy hat. You, you know what I mean? I mean, like, you can all consume it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a samurai yeah, but, movie. Why is he wearing a jetpack? You know, don't worry <laughs> about it. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is gonna be rad. <laughs> I know, right? That would be uh, rad. There's uh, Baker does a really good job of of that genre. He just he does it over and over and over, and he he's been putting twists on it. So there was one that was set in a superhero world, but it's it's just straight up like double and triple crossing secret agents. Wow. Uh, he did one wow. that is it follows the leggy dame that walks into the detective's office, uh-huh. but she's got ties to a Cthulhu cult and uh-huh. is cursed with making every man fall in love with her. So. He takes these very moody, noir stories and just messes with them enough to keep them interesting and, and to keep it so that even though you know what you know what point A and what point B is going to be, you're he's going to fuck with you the entire way. You're talking about Femme Fatale. Uh, just Fatale, yeah. yeah Fatale, Fatale, yeah. And uh, Sleeper, and he's, he's just so good at, at taking these... These stories. In fact, the uh, the Cap- the death of Captain America and uh, the stuff that they based the second Captain America movie on. He wrote those, and when you break it down, it's just straight up noir. Well, isn't the rollout of Watchmen pretty noir? Yeah. The uh, yeah. So I re- I got into comics back in the eighties when it just. I mean, I read I read the the co- the funny book growing up and that kind uh. of thing, but. During the 80s, when that big explosion of, like, self-publishing was happening and and a lot of those big, you know, Dark Knight Returns was happening right. and, and all that other stuff. Um, uh, and it became, for really for the first time, a collector's medium as well as a reader's medium. So yeah. now people are were going in and buying. You know, you were seeing, my, my favorite one of these tricks is... Uh, uh, first issue of Gen 13. They released the same <laughs> book with 13 different covers, knowing that it became. Remember, remember the term like chase card and that kind of nonsense. Right. It's like you have to go and find these to have the complete collection. Right. Right. In the end, it was just pure. You have to buy 13. It's copies. marketing. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, okay, but you say that like it's a thing that doesn't happen every single week. We we are still still dealing with that. And at the store last week we kind of finally made the decision to tell people that if they want these variant covers, they have to order them 
because we're not going to get them by default anymore. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, because it's otherwise, so expensive. Yeah, you, otherwise you wind up with all this shit. Yeah, I think that if you correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the thing. Backstock is the thing that buries most um, comic book stores because it eats up their their liquid capital because they're every week they have to buy stuff with the hope that someone's every it's they're going to sell through. Well, okay, like so, yeah. I'm dumb. I don't know how any of this works, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some dumb questions. Begin. Is it is it not like is it not like say for example um, a grocery store that has a magazine section where uh, they don't necessarily buy all the magazines that are in the store? Mm-hmm. You'll see people come in and they'll take the old issues away. Yeah, you know, and, and it is not like that okay. at all. Okay, okay. <laughs> I wish it was like that because it, uh, you know, I'd probably have folding money in my pocket by now. But they, they basically, um, we order three months in advance, and then we have an opportunity to adjust those orders up or down on a handful of publishers about a month before stuff comes out. But other than that, we're kind of ordering blind. And sure. it's pretty rare that a comic is returnable. But when, when it is, it'll be like, hey, if you order ten of these, you can return them three or four months after you get them. So it's basically a, a cash flow trick for the publishers. So sure, they get sure. yeah. they get your money for a little while, and, and most stores probably forget to return them yeah. or return them late and don't have to get credit or whatever. Right. Um, and so basically we're doing our best to guess what people are going to want three months in advance. And that stuff can maybe be reordered after it uh, arrives. So if we order too few, we might be able to get more in. Uh, with some publishers, like Marvel, is once it's once it comes out, it's really difficult to get more copies of something, and that's for the the floppy issues, uh, for the trade paperbacks and the collections and the graphic novels. Those usually stay in print or go in and out of print, so that you can usually get those again later. So it's a it's a really expensive thing to kind of build up your collection for a store, mm. and uh, fairly risky. Like opening Moonbase, I just realized that. Uh, I way over-ordered our issues, and we're not selling very many issues over there. And if, if we didn't have another store that could absorb some of that, uh, we would we would maybe be in a lot of trouble right now because those issues came in, they cost us money, and they're, they're not moving very fast. Wow. I remember the, the distribution, the way the distribution worked on Carbonoctum was that we would print a shit ton of books, send them out, and that guy that was pulling, that you just talked about, yeah, that yeah, pulled yeah, him, yeah. Um, he would pull my pretty magazine up, tear the cover cover off, off. throw the book away, and just either send us back the the ripped-off front covers, or uh, later it became we would get an affidavit that said, oh yeah, by the way, we destroyed 200 copies of your book. And and it's just... So for, for the publisher, that really sucked. And it sounds like this is kind of the same deal, where it's it becomes either completely gone or or these this dead stock i think that's why you see um comic customers come in for this week's stuff right but what you're a lot of times i would imagine that you're hoping for is also the guy that wants to find beautiful stories for ugly children number 22 or, right you know and goes on a search. Well, like, yeah go ahead you know i was i was gonna say go ahead Django. um it's it's 
we do carry a lot of back issues, and that's something that we deliberated over before we moved into this new space. We're like, well, it feels weird to have a comic store without back issues. Also, they take up a third of our store, and they don't make us that many sales. Mm -hmm. But when they do make sales, people are super stoked, and we, we decided, like, there's no... There's no way we can, in good conscience, run a comic store that doesn't have back issues. Like that's sure. not really an option. So we did. We do keep the back issues around. They're. I don't want to say they're a courtesy because I, I think that it's important for a shop to have them, but they're not. They're not what we're planning on to pay the rent. Um, our bread and butter is the weekly subscribers. So it's the people who come in every Wednesday for new release day and clear out their files. You're uh, back. And then. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say your backstock is for guys like me who, yeah. who don't who don't uh I, I you know I don't have a box and I'm not waiting for the next issue of you know mm -hmm. um Fantastic Maiden Voyager or whatever <laughs> it might be <laughs> and and I come in and I go like you know I'll leaf through the things so and I'm like dude here's a fucking rad uh you know Cthulhu comic from like 19 <laughs> 89 from Richard yep. Corbin, and I'm like, oh, that is mine. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and and you know the the biggest the biggest problem for us, and probably for all comic stores, is subscribers who just kind of disappear. And if we don't notice that uh, soon enough, or if it's somebody that we trust, oh, then yeah. like I just pulled, I just killed a bunch of files this week, and I probably pulled. Fourteen or fifteen hundred dollars worth of comics, Jesus. and and those are things that are old enough that they're not really likely to sell off the stands, mm -hmm. and that we've paid for. And you know, I, I ran some numbers one day, and in order to make up that money, we have to sell pretty close to four or five comics for every one comic somebody sticks us with, just to break even on that. Ugh. But then again, so that's the, the painful part. There are the guys. I remember working in comic stores back in the day, and and there were the guys that would come in once a once a month or once a quarter, and they drop like five hundred dollars on everything they, they you know that you've been collecting. So yeah. I imagine that becomes um, a skill in of in and of itself to be able to go, okay, who's really flaking and who's just and I, then exactly. again, that, that's and that's the difference I think between your local comic book store. And buying your shit off Amazon is the guy behind the counter at your local comic book store. He knows you, yeah. and he knows what you like, yeah, and yeah, yeah. because you've asked and talked about it, because you know well, everyone talks in a comic book. Right. Well, it's the same. It's the same thing that you get at all brick and mortar places. Yeah. It's like if you're if you're a returning customer, you you develop a relationship with right. If not the owner, then at least the people working at the store. Sure. 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 We are we are pretty good friends with all of our weekly customers. Yeah. And, like, we, we'll... I can't go to the grocery store without talking comics with, like, five or six people just just walking through the aisles. And it's it's pretty cool to have that kind of close-knit relationship with this many people. Like, we, yeah. have, we have hundreds of people who come in every week, and, you know, they know if... I'm spo if I'm usually there on a Thursday and I'm not, they they wonder what's going on and they're confused by the new kids who show up and and start working behind the counter. We just had one of our customers die about a week ago, and I realized that this is the closest person to me that I've had pass away, and it, it's a really strange feeling to have, you know, a customer who 
came in three or four times a week be like to realize that they're a pretty close friend. Right. Sure. Uh, and it's it's you know it it's a very tight community, and that's really what we are striving for here. Is we're trying to get we're trying to the 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 most important thing for us is to keep the doors open. And then the second most important thing to us is to enhance the comic book community. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully we can figure out how to uh, start making some money on it. You know, it's, it's like, that's, that's the order of operations for us. And I think and no one's, no one's, if I can say that, that no one, I don't think anyone's looking to get rich. I just think it's <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's sustain this and let's yeah let's sustain it let's make sure that everybody works here gets uh somewhere closer to what they're worth than they're getting right this minute yeah and let's hope that Django can put a couple hundred bucks in his pocket every once in a while sure sure, sure. <laughs> let, let, at least let Django buy his books yeah yeah um, oh I I steal comics that's that's how I get paid here I just I steal my week <laughs> books <laughs> I, I have heard it said that one should never let their passion become their profession because Oops. it robs it of its um, magic. Magic, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, making the jump from fan to comic store owner, um, was that hard? No, it was really easy because I, I love retail. Uh, I used to have Merchbot, the the novelty store down the street from here, and I was I, like I was selling comics out of a catalog I made on Microsoft Word 1.0 or Claris Works or something uh, in junior high. So like I've always kind of been interested in or on this side of the counter to some extent. I've just never had it be you know with stakes this high. So there there is a, an amount of having seen behind the curtain and like I can't read a lot of stuff from Marvel and DC and take it seriously. Like it's uh, being written from the heart anymore because I know enough about what goes on at the publisher level. Like, Oh, well this isn't a double sized celebration issue. This is a double sized. Let's make an extra $2 issue kind of thing. But uh, I, I really, I still read probably 20 to 30 comics a week. I, uh, we, we have our own podcast that we record every single week up, up here in the, in the comics place. And we, you know, there's, there's still a lot of passion for all the stories and all the, all the cool stuff that comes out. So I think it's dulled a little bit of the, the shine, but it, it has not made me second guess these, these books that I love so much at all. Uh, you mentioned the podcast. Is it available through how? It's iTunes. It's it's available on all the podcast places. It's called the Perfectly Acceptable Podcast by the Comics Place, and uh, it's three or four of us chatting about whatever came out that that previous oh, week. Sweet. Yeah. So it's it's deep nerd, and I I suspect we, that it works best if you know us. <laughs> yeah. Deep nerd. I, be, I bet it works best if you know us, uh, but. I've heard from I've heard from some strangers who seem to dig it, so oh, I don't that's know. That's cool. I can't listen to. It. Yeah, I mean, I don't, <laughs> it's hard, right? It's hard to like listen to your. I'll be uh, I'll be honest. Ha- after they post, mm-mm. having said that, having said that, uh, I I I now work a job where I work graveyard, and I I often have a hard time sleeping in the day. And uh, you know what'll send me there? <laughs> the, bonus, the bonus material podcast. Yeah, I put that funny. on and I just snooze. Uh, that's hilarious. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have tried this, but you can uh, set your phone to re- to play a podcast back at like half speed, <laughs> and it just 
sounds like everybody's a little Dude, drunk. I, when, when we're that's not, us. When we're not, well, yeah, that's the show anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we're not on air, uh, I I need to uh, I need to find out how to do that, sir. <laughs> I, yeah. I need that it's, in my life. It's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> um, you mentioned digital comics, and yeah. and I'm wondering t- your thoughts on how that. Do you think that's a game changer? Oh man, I. It's hard to say. I think that they they do a couple of things. They make it more accessible for poor college kids to get into comics. And there are a handful of those kids that only read online, and a lot of them steal their comics to read them digitally, and, you know, good for them. Uh, A lot of kids will read the comics, and if they like it, then they'll start buying the physical ones. We have another customer who comes in and probably gets uh, somewhere between 15 and 50 comics every single week. And he will test test stuff out that he's not sure about digitally before he throws on another six comics. Um, I think it's unfortunate that the comic publishers seem to be moving in a direction where they're trying to undercut the physical sales. Weird. Uh, it's cheaper for them, I imagine. There's no overhead right, printing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but fuck you. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. That. Well, like, these stores are the reason that you have this stuff, and the stores are... are have been growing in a time that print is shrinking, and then they're kind of, you know, punching us in the in the stomach while they're trying to sell these stories and undercut us. Yeah, I don't love that part. Um, and part of my problem with them is like I've I've tried to read digital comics three or four times. The only time I felt like it was a, a fun thing to do was when I couldn't track down an issue. And I wanted to read this like thirty issue storyline, and I couldn't track down part five or whatever physically. So right. I downloaded it, and I was like, "Okay, cool. Now I can finish the rest of the story." But I think that digital comics, kind of like you were saying with novels, where you can't take a novel and just turn it into a comic and have it be good. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can take a comic and turn it into an iPad and have it be good. I think that there is probably a way to tell stories on an iPad, but I don't think that it's just making it a comic that zooms in and out on the word bubbles and, you know, tells you what to look at. I think remember, and I don't, I don't know if this is still the thing, but when I was, um, in, in college for the second time, um, motion comics was a big thing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and while, you know, sometimes it was cool because, well, but, Especially for me, because that was a potentially a job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, I'll do this, and I'll make this happen. Um, I kind of feel like that that's, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that's, that was kind of a flash in the pan. That was kind of... Oh, yeah. People were into it for a minute, and then now it's kind of gone away. Well, who wants someone else's voice in their head when they're reading a comic? Right. Right, right, right. That's, that's, that's it's not... It's the same way audiobooks can be ruined. ruined. By a by a bad director, right? Well, yeah. it's 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 almost like okay, well, it's not a movie, but it's not a comic. Yeah. What yeah. the hell is know. it? Yeah. I think it's the for me the fundamental difference, and this is going to sound weird, is smell. I love the smell <laughs> of new books. Sure, sure. And so, because it takes me right back to being that kid huddled in the corner of the library, yeah, looking through everything you wanted to know about sex, but we're right, right. Uh, but uh, uh. 
And I remember like the books are the Carpenter Nocton books arriving, and the house smells like printer's ink. It makes yeah. these connections for me. There, I look at an iPad, and it always like I get the story, but it always leaves me cold. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I I can open a box of comics yeah. that somebody brings in, and I can tell you like what decade it's from just based on the <laughs> smell. <laughs> it's got a sousance of seventies. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of cat pee. That's like real, real late eighties, early nineties. Oh before my they switched over to the glossy paper. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, how do you think comics have changed over the years? Do you think that I mean, for a while, the eighties were renowned for like everything went gritty, and everyone was like, you know, uh, it all took a darker turn. Um, how do you think they've changed? Man, so right now, uh, Image Comics. About uh, I guess five years ago, Image really started promoting new creators and creator-owned product. And just watching the creator-owned industry explode in the last five years or so has been really interesting because it's like one set of people telling this story that they had the idea for and decided to tell in this medium. And so what you end up with is not everybody having a shot at Batman, but something like Saga or Walking Dead or Chew, where it's the same team with the same focus from start to finish, and they tell a story, and then it's over, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. you get a complete package rather than this ongoing serialized garbage that, you know, maybe it's good, maybe it's not, but it's going to change real soon. So I think right now comics are better and more fun to read than they ever have been since I started reading them. Yeah. And that's not... Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, given that you scratch the, you have to scratch a little deep to to, to get to this stuff. Um, yeah. Well, you have to go through your your your, you know, the big the biggies, the the, well, the, the Wonder Woman's and the Supermans and all that stuff. Yeah. But beneath that, there's real. I think there's real storytelling. Well, so I, for me, the great thing about a, a comic store like the Comics Place is that I know already when I go in the door. I don't want to see Green Lantern. I don't want to see Batman. I don't want to see... And that's just because that's I, your taste. Right, exactly. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. like, God love you if you like that. So. Exactly. I'm not... <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's just like me, I know... I don't... I, I'm not interested in any of these underwear-wearing people. Um, and I go... And I... But I'm able to go and I, I'm able to, to look on the wall and I'm able to go... Oh, hey, what's this? Yeah, what is this? Yeah, yeah. Peep show. yeah. it's like the, the new Peep Show series. Yeah. I was like, ooh, yeah. oh, those are so good. Yeah, yeah. They're great. And shout uh, out to Krista Faust on that one. Yeah. yeah, and and I love finding shit because this is so outside of my world. I pay no attention to the comics world really mm-hmm. whatsoever. Uh, I love, I don't know, Django. What? I stop into the store like maybe once every four to. five six months or something like yeah. that like once or yeah, twice something like, that. Like, like twice a year or something and i love when it, when i do i love seeing what the fuck is this yeah what's you know? this and yeah. i love and i don't mind going up and asking Django yeah. or roman or, or whoever's there and going dude what's what what the <laughs> fuck you know and they're like oh where the hell have you been this right. is yeah <laughs> And in that voice, this is the shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that's really like there's so much in this industry, and there's so much for everybody's tastes. Even even Langley can find stuff that he's interested exactly. in, like once every six <laughs> yeah. months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we have like 
you know, like uh, Jeff, who who's uh, the co-owner of the shop, is really good at picking out uh, superhero stories that are not going to be the shitty superhero stories that you've already read. And he can take, he can he can ask you like, okay, you've never read a comic. What movies do you like? Well, here are ten options. Pick through them. Give me the ones you don't want, and and. I'll tell you if you're making a big mistake when you buy anything. And we always say, like, if you come in and ask us for a recommendation and if, if we lead you in the wrong direction, we're going to let you bring that book back and swap it for something else that hopefully you'll like more. Yeah. Uh, definitely not volume two of the volume one that you're returning. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess brings us to the comic book film. You're gonna, you're, this is where you're going <laughs> Um, I don't say this often. All right, it was nice talking to you, Langley. <laughs> I I, uh, I don't say this often, but I agree with Kevin Smith when he says that a lot of this stuff is it's all second act. Maybe you will get yeah. an origin, and once that's out of the way, everything's yeah. second act because no nothing ever comes to its ultimate conclusion. Sure, because it's. I mean, automatically, you're coming from this world of comics where it's a continual... It's serialization. Yeah, a serialization, a continual narrative. So, yeah, I mean... They, it's the same thing that's wrong with television. Well, it's the same thing that the producers <laughs> fucking love, right? Is that, oh, we have a franchise, and so, you know, people like this, so they'll come back for this, and they'll come back for this, and they'll come back for right, this. But there's a nostal- I think there's a weird nostalgia there of, I've read Captain America for years, and there it is. You know, there yeah. it is on the screen. Yeah, there's there's definitely an amount of nostalgia, but there's also like there's also the fact that for the most part they're making pretty watchable movies. Mm-hmm. Like that first Iron Man movie, that was I went in expecting garbage, and that was a lot of fun to watch. Sure, yeah, and you know, and and by the time by the time you get to DC trying to ape Marvel in their movies, like that's, that's kind of where it starts to break down because the, they, that Marvel did this kind of special thing where they turned a couple of movies into a giant universe really successfully with very few terrible, terrible movies. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're definitely genre movies and it's pixels smashing into pixels and it's, you know, it's all second act, but whatever, they're fun to watch. And if you can turn your brain off and sit there and watch them, it's fine. But then when DC jumps in and they're like, okay, well, we already had a couple Superman movies. Maybe we can catch up with Marvel just by pretending that we've already released 15 movies and throwing people into this stupid storyline. Right. That's kind of where it, it seems to me that they, they don't need that. And I think the people are smart enough to let you have Batman and another Bat-related movie and not have them forced into the same canon. I think where they... I think this and again just my opinion and and my opinion means nothing when it comes to the subject but uh i think where dc movies are screwing up is they they've uh, they've obvi- they've obviously accepted this mantle of we're dark, we're gritty, we're, you know... We're, <laughs> They're trying to yeah, change that yeah. really hard right now. You know, Marvel, yeah. Marvel's fun, and they, they there's jokes, and, you know, but we're this. And I I think that, one, I think that's a mistake, because people like to have a good time when mm-hmm. they yeah. I don't I don't movies. come to Superman for gritty. R- right, exactly. Batman, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I know not for Superman. And the I other, would once. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Superman un- goes ape shit. <laughs> yeah, that I buy. <laughs> the other thing that I think I, they don't do, I, I think if you're, <clears throat> I think if you're going to say, okay, we're the dark universe, right? We are, we're Frank Miller's New York at night. We're Gotham, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, then don't, don't hold back. Like, you know, yeah. like just <laughs> fucking see, go ape shit. And, and if nothing else, you're going to get people coming to see this horror show. Mm. Um, but, but the problem it remains that you've got, it's like 66 Batman. You've got, and, and the change to the Burton films. You've got two audiences. Right, exactly. I don't want to bring my five-year-old to Justice League Dark, because I know that that's going to be right. crazy, or yeah, Hellboy, yeah, yeah, yeah. what Hellboy should have been. Um, but I think the more fundamentally, the DC's problem is is that they're not driving this train. Marvel's driving this train, because they got there yeah. first. Yeah, they're, they're playing catch-up. And, and in with any, in my opinion, any art form or any, any of that stuff, if you're, if you're chasing the train... Then you're always going to be working. You're punching up, dude. If, if somebody's got a chain punch on you, right? <laughs> and you're, if somebody's got a, a, a just a continual chain punch on you, it's incredibly hard to mount any kind of defense. Agree. The thing of it is that I, what I'm saying is that like it's like they're they're it's always modeled after well after Marvel's model, and as opposed to doing something like completely oblique, which I think is what Deadpool was. Yep. Uh, uh, you're forever going to be yeah. It's it's corporate filmmaking, and it just I mean, doesn't if, work. If you're losing, you can try to do better, or you can change your options and and change the game. And that's what I think. That's what DC is has failed to realize is that they don't need a giant universe to um uh, like a cinematic universe to make it make them make money. They just need good fucking movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, make, yeah. Make give us give us a Joker movie, give us a Suicide Squad movie, give us a Batman movie, and give us a Superman movie. And who gives a shit if they connect? Yeah. Make make each one of those a good movie, and everybody's going to go see it, and they're going to love it. And they're they, people don't even know if they're going to a a Marvel or a DC movie necessarily. If they're going to a, a superhero movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So and and, not- and and so if if it's in the Marvel. Cinematic universe or the the DCFU the DC film universe yeah uh, they it, it's completely irrelevant whether they connect or not yeah I keep waiting for <clears throat> I keep waiting for this to happen I mean maybe it never will but I keep waiting for some bigger conglomerate to come along and combine well they're trying Marvel right? and DC um, Universal Horror is trying its own universe G- Hasbro right, is coming right. with its own universe yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. which <laughs> Hasbro's doing it in the comics man and people who like it really like it I refuse to read one yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's one of those things where it, it, it kind of does its work I, I mean, I understand the model. It does it does its your work for you. You the writer already has a pre-existing university that he can now operate in. The marketing people know what's worked with these things in the past. Right, right. And, but again, it goes back to what we always talk about here, and that's the foundation. That that story. If it's you know, it's the old pig in a dress thing. No matter how nice the dress is, it's still a pig in a dress. Right, exactly. So I I don't know. I I'm I'm I and please stop the stunt casting. 
You know, it's it's no longer a a a, a, a Joker film. It's Jared Leto is going to be Joker. Well, right. But my question is always is like, yeah, but what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Like, okay, you cast this guy. It's like it's it, 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 the casting of that role is important, of course. Sure. However. The role is the most important thing first. It's like, what what the fuck is this character going to do? It's the idea that nothing, I talk, right? <laughs> it's exactly. the idea I, I would talk. I talked about on the previous show that the idea. I I believe that there was a giant meeting of Hollywood, and every actor worth his salt was lined up, and one by one they went to this god of comic book movies, and they go, okay, if they ever make an ambush bug movie, it's you, <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's. It, and then you got the the people who are double dipping, you know, the one by uh, James Brolin, <laughs> Chris Chris Evans, Chris Evans, Chris Evans. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I'll defend Chris Evans and say one thing, uh, man. In a pile of dog shit, his um, Human Torch was fun. Uh-huh. He's, I mean, see, that I, guy... I disagree. <laughs> My okay, as a. Adult Langley hates superhero stuff, sure. right? Right. But as a kid, the Fantastic Four was the <laughs> well, that's, shit, that's man. Iconography. That's like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That, yeah. And I always was pissed off at uh, Johnny Storm. It was like, fuck you, dude. You're, why are you such a dick? Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that guy's got to go through a fortune in clothes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think I think one of the things that makes the the Marvel and the DC movies different uh, from each other is that in the Marvel movies, you can tell everybody's having a lot of fun doing it, and in the DC movies, like you can almost see them ask for their paycheck as soon as they're done with for yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I don't know. Jason Momoa looks like he's having a blast. Well, well yeah, but <laughs> that's because la- last week because Jason <laughs> right. Momoa is like I'm working. Yeah, you know. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Game of Thrones is over, and that <laughs> yeah. horrible movie. And no one watched that about cannibals in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> yeah, no one watched that, and no one watched that Netflix series. Oh my god, yeah. But he's, yeah, 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 yeah. just having a blast. Yeah, but I gotta say, in the trailer, which we're gonna talk about later, the um, the drop through the building and the shake of the hair, you just oh my god, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just hear John Lovett acting. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, you can almost see the green screen behind him when he shakes his hair. And I, every true. time I see that you know, that trailer, I have the same thought, which is that better not be the final graphics because it looks like shit. Yeah. You know what though? Every time, it, like, I've watched that a couple times, and every time I see it, I and I don't have good hearing, but I hear panties dropping all across. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I know, I know. Not a dry seat in the house. <laughs> yeah, I it's it's pretty amazing. Um, uh, but but again, it's hard to to argue a lot of this because when I keep when I have this conversation with other people, it it always comes up. It's yeah, but it made four hundred million dollars. Exactly. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, but I think it becomes the event. You know, that week the event is. Um, this Justice League coming out. Or, well, or yeah, and that's... I, well, I think that that's part of the problem, is that... Uh, well, I mean, part of the problem... It, it, part of the problem for Langley is that, you know, movies are 
unless you're making a small independent film, like, when a movie comes out, you know, over the weekend, did it make, you know, yeah. double what it cost? If it didn't, it's oh, a flop. I'm already you know? yeah. hearing Blade I'm Runner like, 2049, they're saying, oh, it's 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 not doing well. Yeah. Calls down. It's ex- exactly. Yeah. It's like, and I, I wish things were... Uh, more like they used to be, yeah. where a movie I mean, stuck I think, around for months. Yeah, I think it goes back kind of to what I was talking about with, um, like the different types of comics, where you got your superhero comics and you have your more independent or creator-owned comics. Um, there's such a high risk in making a movie that not as many people are able to make these smaller, uh, more thoughtful movies. Mm-hmm. And so we end up with the big blockbuster that makes four hundred million dollars in a weekend, and and you know in the comic book world we would not survive without Batman and the X Men and sure. the Avengers. Right, like right. that stuff sells all day long. And I would love to be able to say, yeah, we hit our numbers, and DC and Marvel are only half of our sales. But I can't. Like they're seventy five percent of our sales. I think. Yeah, and as hard as we, everybody in this store pushes independent stuff and creator-owned stuff and things that are more interesting than that, they still have this huge built-in audience for all those main characters that everybody's known forever. And, and people will complain about them all day, like, oh, Batman's costume's stupid, or I can't believe he's marrying Catwoman. But they still come oh. back to read it because it's like a like a soap opera, you know? It's, yeah. it's this ongoing, well, never-ending story featuring these characters and costumes that you love. Didn't Claremont talk about how X-Men, that's exactly what it is, is a soap opera? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's what all major superheroes are that's because what all you can't. Comics are in a way. Yeah, it's Heinz yeah. too. You go to you go looking for ketchup, yeah, and you get Heinz. And you go looking yeah. for a, for a good superhero comic book. You're going to go. Am I going to take take a? Am I going to take a chance on you know Moon Knight or am I going to go Batman? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and and that's what we're here for is to you know help you find your your alternate Batman. Jacob, <laughs> right. do you guys carry the creeps? Which is the, Cody and the Creeps? No, no, no. It's just called the Creeps. Uh, it, it, it's what it's are you the, shopping? It's the modern, <laughs> yeah. It's the modern uh, uh, take on Creepy, the Warren Publications magazine. Hmm. No. So no, I have. So they seen that. So basically, they've they've re they've restarted that, and they're using a lot of the original artists. And, oh, that's uh, cool. That, that is cool. But so far, what I've seen, the best thing about them are the covers. Like the content and yeah. the stories aren't that it's great. Is it magazine size or is it... Uh... It's magazine size, yeah. Okay, yeah, we, we steer clear of a lot of magazines because even when we order one, they never sell. Right. Um, yeah. But it's the kind of thing that we can easily get. Guys, if it's on someone's pull list, you'll order it. Oh, course. yeah, absolutely. And if it's on like four people's pull list, we'll order an extra one because, you know... If four people are getting it, somebody else probably wants it. We do have a whole bunch of old pre-code horror comics at Moonbase right now that are like, yeah, like Tales from the Crypt and Tales to Astonish. EC, man, forever. Yeah, you can find all sorts of goody goody things in there. Um, Do you think that the medium is in the looking forward? Is are graphic novels going to be the thing that that, or is it the weekly grind, the weekly the, the, the issue that for, comes Yeah, I know that book. if I hear about something really that someone says it's really good and there's 12 of them, I'll go, you know what? I'm going to wait when, until it's all collected into one. Yeah. That's, I, think, I think that it's a, a mix. 
for our store anyway, we would not, we wouldn't be able to be in this big, nice space and have, we've got like 10 employees right now, and we wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have both weekly warriors and trade, trade waiters is what we call them. Uh, and it's, when, when I was at a retailer summit of DCs uh, last year, the year before at Emerald City, they said, somebody complained that they were not putting out the trade paperbacks fast enough, you know, like collecting six issues and, and putting them out so people could buy them. Because they, they get six issues out, and then like three months later, you can buy the trade. Mm-hmm, and right. by then, nobody can go from the trade to the issues because it's, you know, we've sold out of the next issues or whatever. And DC said, oh, well, we don't want to hurt issue sales. And 65 retailers in the room, unplanned, all at once, said, it's a different customer. Like, you, you stupid assholes. Yeah. Every single person in that room said the same words to these guys. And, um, and I think that just shows that the retailers uh, realize that the industry is definitely those two things. And I don't think you can... You, you can't have one without the other. And I don't, I think that trade paperbacks have gone from probably 10% of sales up to 30, 40, 50% of comic sales in our store just in the last three years. And that, that was mostly due to us just stocking up and having everything you could possibly want. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I'm one of those guys. Like, if I buy, you know, like, uh, a shared love amongst the three of us I think is preacher. Yeah, sure. One of the I think one of the greatest things that's ever happened in comics. But I did not want to to wait for individual issues as they came up. Mm-hmm. I liked buying the trade paperbacks. It's you know, you still wind up with like a, a big space on your shelf that's filled up with these books. Yeah, but it looks pretty. It looks pretty and I still get the covers. That's mm-hmm. the I think that's that's important is that Hopefully, I still get the cover. And these days you can get it. You can get a slip case. You, it's yeah. a nice little presentation. Yeah. Man, they put out the absolute editions. They're like like 120 percent the size, and nice. they're just beautiful. They're leather bound and look like Bibles. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Are you, yeah, do you guys carry them? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I I just. My head's stuck on a on a room full of comics retailers and thinking, how sexy is that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's changing, okay? It's changing. Jacob like stands there, bears his chest. Um, well, yeah. Okay, so at that at that retailer thing, I was dressed as Bob from Bob's Burgers because I was just at the convention and decided to go to this thing, and I <laughs> shouted at the publisher of DC and the. Uh, the, the, I don't know what his role is, but it was Jim Lee and Dan Didio. I stood up and I was like, Hey guys, um, you know, here, here are my problems. I think you're, you're out of touch with some stuff. And they, they just kind of patted me on the head. And, and sure. later right. on, I went up to them to get stuff signed. And both of them independently, like they were on opposite sides of the room, both of them mentioned, Oh yeah, we, uh, we thought you were dressed as Super Mario. <laughs> and when Jim Lee told me that, I said, "This is exactly why, why I think you guys are out of touch." Is because Bob's Burgers is like the cartoon that people are going to remember from the, this decade, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and you don't know who that character is, yeah, yeah. It's like that's ridiculous. I mean, then, yeah, 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 yeah. But we're out of fry sauce there, Bob. <laughs> you know what they were pushing? What? 
you were pushing uh, the Scooby Doo reboot with oh, no, uh, where where they found Scooby Doo under Burning Man, and uh, Shaggy is a hipster, and Scooby only speaks in like leet speak from the nineties because that's how that's how with it their marketing well, department. I had seen something about like Scooby's the cybernetic thing, and they're all yep. like super like all on iPads and. No. Yeah. Wow. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaggy looks like he crafts his own beer, and you just yeah. want to stab <laughs> exactly. him in the neck. Exactly. On the flip side, they did a Flintstone story that was probably the best comic to come out last year. Uh, You're not the uh, only person that has said that to me. I mean, dude. people in all earnest goes, you got to check out this new Flintstones comic. And I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> him off at the bar. Issue two, they, they reveal that Yabba Dabba Doo is the mantra that um, Fred and Barney use when they need to get through a PTSD episode from the Paleolithic Wars. <laughs> and then, also, they're dropping a boulder off a dinosaur to launch a monkey into space in that same issue. Nice. So it scratches <laughs> like like this political snark itch as well as yeah. the just absolute slapstick. The, the absurdist <laughs> in me really is, is uh, loving that. Like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I cried reading the Flintstones, man. It, there's, this is an amazing book. And it's published by DC, so, you know, they're not doing everything. It's a sentence I never <laughs> thought I'd ever hear. <laughs> it was those, and it's an amazing book. Um, so, your uh, your days now are filled up with just Moonbase and a comics place. Yeah, I still do uh, Seattle shirts, where we do custom t-shirts and buttons and stickers. Yeah. Um, but I'm moving away. I'm trying not to do websites anymore. I'm doing what I can to... Let let people find a new person to build yeah. their website. Yeah, there's sure, so sure. many. You have so many websites that are just so rad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like rainbowsandunicorns.com. Sure. <laughs> so okay, so for folks for folks listening who might be in this area, Moonbase is new. The Comics Place has been around for for years and years. And 30, years. Thirty-five years. Thirty-five yeah. years. Wow. Tell us about Moonbase because it just opened, and how is it different? Yeah, so we opened like uh, five or six weeks ago. It's a lot smaller and more focused on the trade paperbacks and board games and statues and, and kind of the more collectible stuff. We brought a bunch of old back issues, like those uh, pre-code horror comics. We've, we've brought a bunch of back issues over there that have never been in the comics place. Dude, so we have a lot of really cool you've stuff. You've been going to the wrong place. I've been going to the wrong place. This <laughs> is like, you should have called it like... Langley, come here, yeah. store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of hidden in uh, McKenzie Alley, so like down, you you have to sneak through the back alleys of Fairhaven. Yeah, to you have find to say it. Walt it's, sent me at the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's right across the alley from a, a console video game bar that just opened called oh, Best nice. Buds. So we're trying to talk our landlord into letting us rebrand the alley from McKenzie Alley into Nerd Haven. Nice. Uh, oh. I, I think we need to get one more nerd store in there before yeah. before he has uh, no argument. Bless you for not like saying something like, "Hey, die going out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, so, t- tell me a bit. Does does do your stores have websites? Uh, yeah, we've got uh, thecomicsplay.com is the main site. I'm still working on the uh, the Moonbase site, but that should be up in the next couple of weeks. That's uh, Moonbase Beham. Dot com. Oh, cool. Some asshole already had Moonbase.com. Probably on Musk or something. Wait, that begs the um, question, why Moonbase? Uh, we wanted to name it something that wasn't the comics place, 
because sure. as descriptive and ridiculously on the nose as that is, I'm not a huge fan of the name. So we we wanted something kind of out in space. And uh, Justin, who who worked here for a couple of years and just just recently moved away, we were in the car brainstorming names, and he said, "Whoa, what about Moonbase?" And like the logo flashed in my head, and I like the way it sounded, and the initials are MB, just like my old store merch bot. Yeah. And uh, like it it was just the name, and then. Like, three weeks later, I realized that it was the satellite store. Like, the moon is a satellite. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. Comics Place and Moon Base kind of rhyme. That took me another couple of weeks. Sure. And you don't do drugs. As soon as you said that, I was, like, thinking already, uh, like, the, you know, because I'm a rapper, <laughs> I was thinking of, of the commercial, you know, where it's like you're, where you're rapping about the comics place and moon base yeah yeah, yeah yeah look space. at you yeah. down with the homies that's right uh, it was it's like the other <laughs> the barbara magnolfi show where she goes oh yeah Olga is a witch and i'm yeah. like what freaking <laughs> <laughs> hilarious um and the podcast is available via itunes and all that other stuff itunes all that other stuff you can download it from our website if you're not a podcast person which apparently some people still don't listen to podcasts all the time i i have a hard time relating to that but yeah. i keep running to people who are like how do i yeah. How do I find it? No, there's a lot of people who, that I talk to, like, you know, they're like... <laughs> I have what? family members that have like, never heard my podcast. What? Yeah. And they're <laughs> like, God. what is this? I'm like, think of it as, like, a weekly radio show. Yeah. yeah. It's two hours yeah. with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have fun. Uh, well, Django, what's the name of the podcast again? The Perfectly Acceptable Podcast by The Comics Place. Nice. Nice, cool. nice. We bounce a lot of things around. We we decided definitely not to go with Hapcast, which is the, the initial <laughs> That's a <different> show. <laughs> perfectly acceptable podcast. That's a different show. That's fucking hilarious. All right, man. So uh, thanks for coming on. Um, he's a he's another one of those guests that we could keep here for fucking. All yeah, it's a, we'll we'll. I mean, it's, you're a busy guy, so it's hard to it's hard to nail you down, but. Um, if we I like talk, doing this. Yeah, if we talk about like you know, we already did our Indiana Jones show, but yeah. but if we do another Indiana Jones show, this is my guy. <laughs> is it? Yeah, Indy yeah. Indy is the reason. Indy's the reason for everything I do. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I would I would love to be on this again, and uh, I am a busy guy, but I I would gladly try to make some time to do this again. This, I think this needs to be brought since we're since we're um, talking here in the same space together. Django is the one man who um, I have put more gooey stuff on his face than any other man. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, for all the bleeding and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've uh, inhaled uh, Langley's exhales more than I've done to any other man. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, right. again, thanks a lot. Um, we're going to be back in just one second. There's times when real people let me down When the temperature falls to zero I curl up by the fire with a good book And for a while I am a superhero You really need to be a superhero Cause many times people will hurt you And try to mess you around And anyway my comic book heroes Okay, so we're back. Once again, as always, 
Yeah, we get the greatest guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Django's great. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's what we call locally a celebrity. A celebrity. Yeah. Uh, he is a man that uh, I have photos of him in shorts that jean shorts that are so small <laughs> that you just go, dude. <laughs> well, when he did that series of. Uh, uh, Neglectful dad photos. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. He's like talk. He's like my favorite is that he's talking on a cell phone, laughing while his kids are playing on railroad some board game yeah, on yeah. railroad track. If you go again, if you go go, if you're bored, uh, not if you're bored, go go to go to the active will page on my site and listen. This is the last interview there. Yeah, um, he's got a great story and a, and there's a pic that very picture. Yeah, is there? Um, all right. So, uh, move, we'll have him on again. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Moving on to people who died, because um, that's fun. Yeah. Um, Bob Schiller, writer for TV. Not many people know his name, but he yeah. wrote for things like I Love Lucy, All in the Family, Carol Burnett. Sure. He was he was elderly, so uh, that's it's not unexpected. But again, these are these markers that you're you're seeing more and more as you get sure. older and older. You y'all will see you people yeah. who who are. You know or know of, yeah. they start dropping off. Um, and then another name who you won't, m many people won't recognize. Her name is Elizabeth Bauer, but this name they may recognize. She played Officer Fran Belding on Ironside. Ah. And uh, man, growing up, my yeah. mom was a big Ironside fan. Yeah. And uh, later, after I, you hear the stories of Raymond Burr. <laughs> Yeah. This is even better. Um, and then this one really bummed me out. This is this person didn't die, but I read an article about how the guitarist Buckethead was just diagnosed with a potentially fatal heart condition. Wow. Which really bums me out because if you've ever heard Buckethead, I highly recommend go to anywhere you can and listen to a record of his called Colma. Mm -hmm. um, it was written while his mom went through cancer treatment. Yeah. And it is some of the most beautiful music you'll ever hear. Yeah. Um, I met Buck at a couple uh, years ago at a comic convention, and I remember he walked up to me at one point. He was had this spaced look on his face. I'm like, "What's the matter, man?" He goes, "I, I, I think I just joined Guns N' Roses." <laughs> <laughs> but um, he was really into like mannequins, and I I turned him on to uh, the classic horror film Tourist Trap yeah. with Chuck Connors. Yeah. And he, I saw him years later, and he guys like, "Oh, dude, <laughs> so in his wheelhouse." So you know, I hope he gets better. You know, that's that really made me kind yeah. of sad. Well, yeah, yeah. I was like, I I liked his um, uh, collaboration with. Uh, uh, Les Claypool. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did a record, something in Gods and Monsters, that Les is all over. Yeah. And um, there was a song called, you can find this on YouTube, The Ballad of Buckethead. Yeah. And it's got some... Yeah, oh, it's great. Yeah. Great slappy yeah, bass. Yeah. And, yeah, it's great stuff. Uh, moving on to news. Um, this is a real thing. No. A, a <laughs> rap group uh -huh. takes on a giant snake... In a movie called, <laughs> wait for it, Snake Out of Compton. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing. I, I, yeah, and I don't, it feels like, remember the Asylum mockumentary? Yeah, the, sure. The I Am Omega, or yeah. the whatever it is, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it was. Ugh. Yeah, they, they, when there was snakes on a plane, they did snakes on a train. Yes, so those are, right. this is the kind of wit that we're dealing yeah, with yeah, here. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Beetlejuice 2 gets a new writer in a guy named Mark... I'm going to fuck this name up. Vukadinovich, who wrote a movie, upcoming movie called Rememory. Okay. Um... Yeah, I, I, I have no. I, I well, I have no. I have no point of reference, so I don't know if that's a good thing or well, a bad we, thing. We, or... we, oh wait, you were in here last week. We we looked at the trailer last week. Um, it was it, it's one of these like people are able to reset. You know, like I don't like the way this is going. Bang! And they uh, shoot themselves in the head, and then they they they're reborn. Um, um, I'm more sh- shocked at like financially, a Beetlejuice two makes sense. Sure, but it doesn't especially make sense. now. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't make sense if you think of it as a direct sequel. Like, like, like Lydia would be in her thirties or forties. Right, exactly. <laughs> and suddenly, it's not so cute anymore. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, uh, I yeah. don't know. I mean, like, I. Well, first of all, is it is it Tim Burton? Uh, I'm sure he's producing it. I don't know if he's directing. Okay. It. Um, Michael Keaton, of course, is still sure. Uh, yeah, that's and, and that's. that's you know, I you think, don't you don't get there without Michael. Right. If, I, yeah, I think that if any if they were like, but I'll tell you, Beetlejuice doesn't age well. A lot of his his performance, particularly, yeah, is really weird and kind of goofy. Yeah. Well, but, it's, it's very broad. Right? Yeah. It's broad, slapsticky kind of. Sure. Sure. The, the, I think the thing that worked with Beetlejuice is is it was the first time, and I'm sure it's not the first time, but it's the first time that I could remember where I saw this 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 kind of comedy horror thing mm-hmm. um, and me liking it and, yeah. and thinking like this is cool like this is really it was neat. part of that whole well this is a vision I've never we've never seen before exactly. this is a sensibility we've yeah, never yeah, seen yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this got me I didn't know this was being done but Conrad Vernon who directed Sausage Party yeah wait hold on oh, yeah, yeah. they're doing a C, now, CG bums me out but they're doing a CG animated Adams Family and I'm kind of kind depending on the CG, right? But I look at the humor in Sausage Party, and I think you might pull this off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm a fan of anything Adams Family, so um, sure. Except for the broad, if you've ever seen the Broadway well, play, not ooh, no, yeah, ooh, yeah. It, it's almost like you just want to walk on stage and dude, I t- take Nathan Lane and go. You don't need to do. This. I love October because. Every October, you know, you see um, um, Wednesday as uh, Morticia. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something, yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. I, I just love the whole sensibility, and I and uh, um, the it's it's funny that there's kind of a meme going around about it, but you know, you you look at the relationship between Gomez and Morticia, or even. Uh, Lily and Herman, and right. that's a deeply loving relationship yeah, absolutely. that you don't get in most in, films in regular things. Yeah, yeah. So there, that that would be great. Yeah. I don't now. Don't take that as boy. I wish there was a a Munsters reboot because we tried that once and it was good. The uh, Mockingbird Lane, right? Um, which I enjoyed, but the, well, I, I mean, to be fair, in my mind, the Munsters was always. Um, they were kind of like the uh, they were kind of like the Kmart version to Target's Adams Family, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it was the same in many ways. It's the same relationship, like Batman and Green Hornet, keeping it on on an yeah, overall yeah, topic. Yeah, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, 
Didn't know this was happening. Max Landis is remaking American Werewolf in London. I feel like I read about that like a year or two ago. Mm. Uh, um, he and, just and that's all. Something. And that's all it said. Like, you know, no details, nothing like that. Yeah. And you know, my first, you know, my knee jerk reaction is, do your own shit. You yeah, know, like, why are you? Yeah, why do, are you? If you're gonna do that, do do do. As they did American Werewolf in Paris. Yeah. Do American Werewolf in Cincinnati. Hong Kong. Really Hong Kong. American Werewolf in Hong Kong. They, they, uh, do I watched that. Bangkok. Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think that, you know, um, I, everything we've talked about about franchises, it's a built-in audience. Yeah. And da, 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 da. But I just don't understand. I don't think we need to, to do this. No. You know it's going to be drenched in CG. There's going to be none of the... The coolness that you know all of yeah. the, the the original stuff. By the way, I went back and I rewatched um, the Wolfman sequel, which we've talked about. Yes, a few yes, times yes, recently. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I hated it less. Well, I, I okay, well, okay, okay. <laughs> it wait, punched wait, me wait, in the hold, dick a little less. Hold on, time. hold on. I never hated the movie. I I loved Rick Baker's stuff. Yes. In it. I thought it was beautiful and atmospheric and everything that I wanted a Universal Monster movie to look like. Yeah. The only issue I ever had with it is the acting. Um, Anthony Hopkins as a Pekingese kind of bums me out. No, that doesn't, see, that doesn't bother me. He's an old dude. Like, it's of course he's going to look like a Pekingese. Um, what bummed me out was that Lawrence Talbot, like, both Hopkins and Del Toro just looked like they were just... Wanted to be anywhere else in the world. It was late in the shoot. They're like, "Oh, this is a pile of dog shit." Uh, but I tell you, when 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 you you haven't lived till you've seen Benicio del Toro give the alas poor York speech, and that's his that's his first moment on screen. Too. Yeah, he's like. Alas, poor Yorick. Oh, I, I remember turning. Well, Horatio. I remember turning to Cat and going, "We've made a terrible <laughs> mistake." But then there were the transformations and the the iconography of it, him on the London Bridge. There is some the beautiful stuff. stuff. That whole that that whole gypsy caravan attack yeah. scene is great, it, yeah. dude. And it winds up on those like old Celtic rocks. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Visually, it looks great. Yeah. And I just, you know, again, as a friend of mine used to always say, could have used another rewrite. It's, you know, it, it. I think the reason why I like it more is because I've seen these other fucking universal oh, things that they've dude. been rolling out. And I'm just like... Well, we talked about it last week about how they're... Uh, this Bride of Bride of Frankenstein. The only thing that makes me happy about it is Bill Condon is directing it. Right. Um, but they're talking about uh, Gal Gadot and Angelina Jolie as the bride, and I'm like, well, clearly you've missed that or or the mark already. Um, I I, I was going to mention this with Django, but I, I it slipped my mind. Sony is turning the board game Settlers of Catan into a movie. So I guess if you can do Jumanji and you can do some of this other stuff, right? Settlers of Contan wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, Dean Israel, there's a bunch of Amblin news. They announced a bunch of stuff coming out. Oh, by the way, uh, I was talking to somebody about this uh, documentary on HBO Spielberg. Yeah, and they say it's amazing. It, what I've seen of it, it looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Dean Israelite, who directed that Powers. Uh, Power Rangers movie. Yeah. Um, is directed something called Unexplained Phenomenon for Amelie. I don't know what it, that sounds like a ghost sort right. of thing. 
And then Josh Boone, Josh Boone is saying that he's adapting the Talisman, um, the Stephen King. That could be interesting. It, the Talisman was always, it was always, I could never. It was one of those books that I couldn't say, I really like this or I really don't like this. It was, it, it was. Was that the one he did with Peter Straub? Yeah. Yeah. It. Whenever he does that sort of stuff, he did it with another one, Floating Dragon or Eyes of the Dragon or something. Eyes of the Dragon. But it's one of those things where it's it, it sure isn't chocolate and peanut butter, right? You know, it's distinctly you can go well. King wrote this, yeah, and then it, you flip and you ah well, yeah, yeah, wrote yeah, this, yeah. So they're a little schizophrenic that way. But King, a lot of King properties you're going to see with the success of it, with the success of it, and, Gerald's and, game. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Gerald's game has gotten everyone I've reviews, s- yeah. that knows have seen it. I'm it speaking, looks great. Yeah, agreed. Um, they're supposedly. A, one scene in particular that a lot of people are are having a tough time with. Um, no, no, no. It had something to do with there, some figure. From what I can tell from the photo, it was some figure at the foot of the bed. Oh. Um, oh part oh. of her imagination or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm really... Yeah, I'm very, very interested in Netflix about this um, David Fincher's Mindhunter. Um, hmm. It looks like they've cast people as, like, for example, Edmund Kemper and real serial killers. Right. And uh, it looks pretty good. And um, it just debuted, and a lot of people are talking about how good it is. Ed Kurtz, friend of the show, sure, Ed Kurtz sure. was saying how yeah. good it is. Um, one last thing on Netflix. Uh, Christina P. put out her new comedy special called Mother Inferior. Uh-huh. Fucking hilarious. Um, if you're a fan of Christina and Tom Segura, her husband's podcast, Your Mom's House, mm-hmm. which is an hour and a half every week of absolute silliness, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's good stuff. It's a good. It was a good stand-up. Cool. Special. Amazing Stories is returning. Okay. Which I'm okay. I'm okay I, with. I'm okay with that. It, uh, yeah. Just fucking write good. You know, if you're gonna have something called Amazing Stories. Fucking have amazing stories. All I remember from those was like, remember the, the mummy one. It was Dude, that was the best one. That was that the was, best that one. That was so good. Yeah, yeah. I even like the one. Do you remember the one where the the it's in World War Two and they're in this bomber and uh, they they go through this mission and they're and and the one guy on the plane just likes to draw cartoons all the time. He mm-hmm. draws like cartoons, and their uh, their uh, landing. Um, Gear has has been shot off or something. It's not there, and I can't remember how this how we get to this point. But he draws a tire. Oh yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah, and yeah. then a cartoon tire comes down out of the plane, <laughs> and they land. It's very sounds very word processor of the gods kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this will excite you. Season three of Twin Peaks will have three hours of extras. Yeah, that, I'm all all about. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to do up the set. Either nice. it will make things more clear, or it'll make <laughs> us even more confused. I and just the people want to like that. Will love it. I just want an hour of David Lynch sitting, drinking coffee, eating a donut, and smoking, uh, and just talking. I'd be happy with that. I have that on, on like I think the the Twin Peaks uh, <laughs> Blu-ray. He's, he's just that's exactly what it is. Uh, Django alluded to it quickly uh, during our talk with him, but. In the new continuity of DC, Batman just proposed to Catwoman. Okay. And that makes my head spe- just want to explode. In um, a good or bad way. And it's such it's such a dumb move. <laughs> Hi, honey, I'm home. 
Dude, if you're gonna like, if you're gonna do something like that, Batman should propose to Superman. <laughs> yeah, a gay Batman would be so rad, what, right? It would be so rad, um, and need not even as something as like you know, like you know, well, you know, Batman gets a boyfriend, but just him being gay the entire time, and it being so beside the point would be awesome. Um. George Romero is getting a star at the uh, Hol- uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Cool. Which answers the question, what do you got to do to get a star on the Walk of Fame? Die. Die. Yeah. Uh, so, um, did I write that? Okay. So, Bloomhouse is doing this Halloween thing with that Danny McBride wrote, and there's Carpenter's going to be peripherally involved, but he's not going to direct it. Okay. Um, he just announced that he's talking about doing the score for for that which you know at this point I'm far more interested in John Carpenter as a musician than I am as, as him as a filmmaker I I agree Bloomhouse is the ones that are bankrolling all sorts of shit they just started a wing of their production um, that's tied with Dread Central uh, the films are going to be called Dread Central Presents um, but they just gave Chris Hardwick a three picture deal <laughs> which Sure, um, he's one of those guys like, I'm a professional geek, but and I'm fine and dandy with you. It's like Kevin Smith. I'm fine and dandy with you being a professional geek, mm-hmm. but don't think that you can just, you know, because if it's Bloomhouse, odds are it's going to be horror-related, right. even peripherally. But don't think that you can just go, ah, you know, anyone can do horror, yeah, so yeah, we're going to yeah. do horror. And yeah. it's like, no, not everyone can. Yeah. And uh, reference my other guy, my Kevin Smith reference, because, yeah. oof. Um, and then finally... Wait, wait, you didn't like Red State? Uh, I, I really dug Michael Parks. Right. Um, I really dug what happened to Kevin Pollack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the rest of it. I hated every frame of it. Well, and and to be fair, I don't even consider that movie a horror film. Yeah. Yeah, Not really. Yeah. Uh, supposedly working on one now. We've seen some, like... There's the there's an anthology stuff. thing happening that he's working on. Yeah. He's doing he's sh- doing uh, the sequel to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, there's this Moose Jaws thing that he's Jesus been talking Christ, about. Jesus Christ, just stop with that shit. You know, Kevin Smith. Look, you you you're kind of giving pot smokers a bad name. Yeah. Because it, not every every stupid thing that flits past your your brain well, is it, worthy of a film. As much as as as. As fun as he might be to listen to mm-hmm. since he started smoke, because people forget Agreed. people forget you know Kevin Smith's a stoner. Well, he didn't used to be. Yeah, no, yeah, not at all. And his best stuff was. It's most him. interesting. I love his sort of fuck it, let's give it a shot right. attitude. Yeah, um, he's one of those people who maybe it's 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 a branding thing, but it's like. I don't care what you think of the new Star Wars trailer. Right. Exactly. I really don't. And I don't want to hear you blubbering over the end of The Flash. Well, here's, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Is that, like, I, Kevin Smith became a Star Wars... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, expert? Sure. Because he wrote a piece of dialogue that referenced Star Wars in a movie. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? Well, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I it I makes know. no sense that for him to be a, any kind of a barometer on Well, it's it's like 
there he's he he's diminished his own credibility because he's so in the bag. Yeah. Like even though he knows things that like this Iron Fist season one is terrible and everyone is hating it. Right. He's still in the bag for it, saying, yeah, yeah. Eh, it's not so bad. It's like, yeah. yeah, you don't have any credibility. Yeah. Um anyway. Uh CW this is weird. Doing a animated crossover of Supernatural, the TV show Supernatural, right. and Scooby-Doo. And it's coming um, uh, in March of 2018. Uh, I'm kind of... Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's, weird, and it's I, weird. And it's one thing on a hoot for a, a, a studio to go, yeah, we'll throw a couple grand at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this seems like it's a little more than that. And I think that they... Uh, well, I, I don't know. So... The the TV show Supernatural has this rabid following. Yeah, right? It's like Buffy. They have their own convention <laughs> here, right? You know, it's like yeah. Sorry. No, <laughs> it reminds me of something. Finish your thought. This is a great story. You finish your thought. Um, and I think that I, I think they're probably looking for ways to like how do we keep this going? You mm-hmm. know? And and well, they're they they've announced that they're doing a spinoff series where it's. There, it's the same dynamic, mm-hmm. but it's two women. Okay. So, because that's the kind of right, wit. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I laugh because we mentioned Buffy, and I was listening to Artie Lang the other day, and he was um, on his podcast, and he was talking about his dad. When his dad was dying, he would sit and watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh-huh. and it became his favorite show. And he was he would never miss miss uh, sure miss Buffy. And this guy was in his seventies. He had broken his back, and he yeah. was just an old school longshoreman. Yeah. And um. He he goes. Uh, he asks his dad, "What do you? What, what's this show about?" <laughs> and he goes, "It's about this Jew broad that hunts Draculas," <laughs> which makes me laugh for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. <laughs> Moving on to trailers. Um, it was thin. Yeah, this was not a good week for trailers. Uh, let's start with uh, the Outlaws, Japanese gangster flick. Yeah. Um, one of the more likable for for my money. Oh, for uh, um, uh, in this batch. In this batch, yeah. It, it, I think I think we started. I think the first one was was one of the one one of the top ones. Yeah, a, and I'm not crazy about it. It reminds <laughs> me a lot of like the kind of like um, like Kung Fu Hustle without all the martial arts. Yeah, it's like a Yakuza version of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's definitely some um, fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, It it feels like some of the Yakuza the quickie fly seat of the pants Yakuza movies yeah. Takashi Miyake did. Um yeah, uh, definitely I this is going on my queue when it sure. comes out. Again, I don't know about I will probably this. never see it. Uh Joe Lynch's Mayhem got a trailer this week. It's the uh Steven Yoon. It it reminds me a lot of the Belkin experiment. Um It totally looks like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, and of course the Belkin experiment also reminds you of um, Battle Royale. Battle Royale. And, and, and yeah, this is things. this seems like a, it, from what I can gather there's some sort of virus that every, affects everyone in the building right. and pr- pr- prompts them to great acts of rage. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, you have a guy who is recently fired in this cutthroat corporate world, and then everyone starts killing people. I get the I, I get the idea that like Joe Lynch really just is not an inspired filmmaker and he just wants to do the shit that he thinks cool is cool. Agreed. Yeah. Look at Everly. Yeah. 
Everly was visually very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, dumb as a box of rocks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Knights of Badassdom. That yeah. whole thing is legendary. Yeah, I my favorite Joe Lynch movie is um, Wrong Turn Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I were I, I was do. on the set for that for about a month. Yeah, and uh, it was a lot of talking to actresses. There was an act, the main actress. She was so worked up from her scenes. She was inhaling lavender, like had a little container and she was just <laughs> holding it under her nose and just breathing it in because she said it calmed her um but i agree it's a fun movie yeah it, it is a fun movie it is a fun movie uh and henry rollins is henry rollins is great in it yeah. super great. i just saw a clip of henry rollins talking about why he hates bono and sting and it's great it's, i also saw him recently on uh the shirtless painter or whatever yeah 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 <laughs> he's also on the the show where they eat peppers while they do interviews <laughs> it's not peppers it's uh chicken wings okay and yeah. that are super super hot yeah 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 uh i'm gonna skip those um psychopaths the reason i bring this up is larry fessenden has something to do with it mm. um it's just it looks generic low it budget looks, yeah very derivative um sweet virginia it's a john bernthal thriller i think this is john bernthal cashing in on all that shane right um momentum yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it didn't look bad it doesn't look bad but it you know i've I've said it before like the for me the worst thing a movie can do is be like that's fine mm-hmm. and that's what this looks like yeah it looks um he's doing he seems to like acting into a mirror he does that a lot. <laughs> he does it in The Punisher. He does it in Walking yeah. Dead. He's doing it in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I. It may. Maybe. If if I start to hear really good reviews, sure. I might get excited about. It. Where I, where where I'm not excited about this in the same way I was excited about like uh, the the movie that they did where he's the 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 guide. Um, not silence. It's not silence. It's not mm. the Scorsese thing. It's I forget what it is. It's got Spider Man in it, and he's got this. He's this silent dude with a cross tattooed or something on his back. I do not. I forget the name that. of this. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure people are yelling at their yeah. computers right now. Um, That's next, the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> next up, Thoroughbreds. Anton Yelchin. It looks like a teen hit movie. Yeah. Um. I'm interested mostly, it, it, I think this was Yelchin's last movie that he made before he died. Right. And um, it has this weird sensibility, almost like a Spring Breakers kind of yeah. sensibility to it. Uh, it again. Just don't, like, you don't I care? Just, yeah, I, I, like, I'm, I'm not hating on these movies. I just, like, usually there's stuff that, like, punches me and says, man, I really want to fucking see that. Yeah. I really want to see that. And, and there's only one movie in this list that does that to uh-uh. me. Uh, let's see. Espionage Tonight. It's a survival reality show. <laughs> now, what wasn't it? Um, it looked okay visually. It reminded me of an old movie called Series 7. Yeah. Very much about... I... Like, I remember Series 7 very fondly. Yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. pregnant lady walking down yes. the street shooting people. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Rift. Um, myst- I called it, uh, my note says, Mystery on the Fjords. <laughs> it looks like some sort of murder mystery. Right. Um, it looks like the main characters are gay, which I'm happy about. Yeah. Um, you know, diversity and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Uh, it looked very Scandinavian. Yeah, and, and it looks at, well, it, 
most of the stuff coming out of Scandinavia in the, in the last, I don't know, I'd say 15 years, mm-hmm. I really like. Yeah, it's very I, blue. Yeah. And it all has its... It's always... <laughs> it's so true. Like, yeah. Girl with the uh, Dragon, Dragon Tattoo, Tattoo is lives yeah. that way, too. There's a great series called Cold Prey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, fuck, ev- yeah. Everything was blue. Everything is blue. Yeah. <laughs> Um, There's com- no warm fray there. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, no. Uh, documentary Mansfield sixty six sixty seven. Bam! That is something I want yeah. to see. It talks about um, her relationship with Anton Lavey, which I guess was a big. They had a, you know, there was rumors that they had had an affair. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. All this other stuff. I that I'm all looks over fascinating. Yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. Very cool. Little known fact about that. Uh, maybe not so little known. Um, Mariska Hargitay is her daughter, the girl really? on SVU, yeah, the yeah, main yeah. actress. No, I didn't know that. She was in the car when her mother was killed. Oh, Both her wow. and her brother were in the, in the car. Wow, wow, wow. And as with her dad, Mickey Hargitay. Yeah. Um, uh, and the rumor that Jane Mansfield was beheaded was started because of a photo. That during the accident she lost her wig and it was laying in the uh, field and they were like, oh, she got beheaded. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one I'm actually kind of excited about. Uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's a series on Netflix that's coming. Talks about a woman. It's very kind of Roseanne Barry, where a wo- it's in the 50s or 60s. A woman, uh, her husband leaves her and right. she drifts towards being a stand-up. Kind of a Lenny Bruce kind of yeah, it, it it does look interesting. <coughs> yeah, um, I'm kind of down because I'm into the whole comic thing. So right, I'm um and not the the, not the referencing not the your very <laughs> first joke. Um, it looks good and performances look strong. Sure, and, and all that stuff. Excited about that. Uh, and these last three, these are the tough ones. Number one, let's go with Justice League. I don't know what's going on. I don't, dude. I just I, as I watched it, I'm just like, this is everything, everything that I hate about these movies rolled up into one, <laughs> and I just don't, I don't fucking care. Yeah, yeah. I it's I don't know why. I to be fair, I don't much care about this upcoming Infinity War either. Um, but this, I just don't care, you know, in a less... Well, I feel, okay, so, if I, if I take myself out of those shoes, and I go, okay, stop being a hater, Langley, and just, just pay attention to the content. I don't think you've earned it, DC. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, where are all these, uh, where's the Aquaman movie? Where's... That's coming. Well... They're doing a little... Shouldn't it come fast backwards? You know, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You introduce the members <clears throat> before you assemble the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they want to they go past, you know, past go, not, yeah. you know, all that stuff. They want to go right to big, fat universe. And I think they think that the comic fans, who are their core audience, know all that, and they're going to move forward with that, which begs the question, then why are we doing all this introductory stuff within right. the Justice League? Yeah. Um, I think you're either in the bag. At this point, you're either in the bag for these films or you're not. Right, yeah. Um, I agree. So there's that. Speaking of in the bag, Star Wars The Last Jedi. That was a big deal that it came out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Could not care less. Well, you know... I, I We've talked about this, like, a, a million times. Like, I get it. I, I do. I get it. I mm. get it. 
but I I don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I get the, it, but I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, the movies, the things that I loved about the very first Star Wars movies aren't being done anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing there for me. Um, and uh, for the people, you know, for the people who are Star Wars fans, I'm happy for them because it, it I... It Everybody looks great. Their I mean, jam. it looks like it looks like a exactly what it's supposed to be. It looks like a Star mm-hmm. Wars movie. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it's hard for me to get excited for it. Yeah, I uh, I'll be honest. Um, Rogue One. Everyone tells me that that I know that it's a solid entry in the series. Mm-hmm. It's been on Netflix streaming for a couple of months. Haven't turned it on. Sure. And I just you know I just don't. I don't feel the compulsion anymore to see everything. Right. Um, especially something I know that, at the best, I'm going to go, well, that didn't suck as much as I thought it was right. going to. If, but again, if you're in the, if you're a fan of this if stuff... If you're a fan of this stuff... Everyone of, needs their jam. All of this stuff looks... It's competently made. Yeah, exactly. I'm, 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 not, I'm not shitting on Star Wars. I'm just saying... Anymore, it's not my thing. Like, like mm-hmm. it was important to me at a certain age, at a certain time, and there are things about those 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 three original movies that I love. Mm-hmm. But n- no one's doing those things. They're not they're right. not part of the filmmaking process anymore for these movies. So uh, there's not a lot there for me. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I mean, I agree with you. I don't want to sit here and just shit all over no, someone else's thing. But yeah. I, it just doesn't resonate with me. And so, therefore, I don't want to. Sp- I don't spend a lot of har- mental hard drive right. on it. When I see the trailer, I go, "Wow, it all looks like this. All looks frightfully important." But um, okay, and it I mean, all okay. looks frightfully familiar, and that's one yeah. of my problems. With yeah, it. agreed. Yeah, um, we talked about uh, Pacific Rim Uprising last week, but yeah, you yeah, had yeah. something you wanted to say about okay, it. Okay, so uh, I wanted to. Okay. No one worships harder at the at the Church of Del Toro than I do. Mm-hmm. He's might be one of my top. He might be in my top two favorite filmmakers. Okay. Um. And I just want to congratulate him on demonstrating with this trailer mm-hmm. that he is a master of all <laughs> things, including horribly cliché. Well, he has, I, I, I think he's only producing this, right? He's not directing it. Oh, I don't know. I, it, it, yeah, I no, I don't think he's directing. Oh, okay, this. well then I feel yeah. better. Well, uh, I here's the thing. Uh, First Pacific Rim came out, right? Yeah. We both liked it, but we sure. liked it, and we we liked it. We recognized it for what it was. This is a big Yahoo yeah. popcorn. You know, have a good time. Um, but it still had Del Toro all over it, mm-hmm. and and that felt good. And yeah. there was some really cool stuff in there. The idea of uh, people uh, starting to worship the kaiju's after they're gone, and and, and, and making a church inside mm-hmm. the skeleton. But that's that's great. That's yeah. great stuff. Yeah. This looks like, uh, I, I, I think I told you, it's like it looks like the Transformers and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Thrown in a blunder, and I hate both of those franchises. Well, that's what Kat said last week. She goes, "This is a Transformers movie. Yeah. It's no longer about the survival of humanity. It's about monsters kick going kicky punchy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and the fact that it's the classic trope of of film where you have a villain 
and you defeat the villain, now you've got and a I, bigger villain. Now you got to figure uh, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. what is this? His big brother? Well, well and then and, and we have this element of where the kaiju or the uh, the Jaegers are fighting each other. Yeah, you know, and and uh, it's like, yeah, yeah. If it's not robot jocks, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I and and from what I saw. The Jaegers all look the same. Yeah. One of the cool things about the first movie was the How Jaegers were so were. different. Yeah, the yeah, one's yeah. got three arms, and yeah, 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 yeah. It, it just it just reeks of you know the line where she goes, "I can get used to this." It's like, yeah, yeah you can yeah. get used to almost dying every time you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. a certain kind of thing. And and they put their thumb on the scale by casting John Boyega from right the new Star from Wars the stuff. New Star Wars stuff. It, it, the other thing too that that looks like is missing. It, and again, it's a trailer. I might be completely wrong. This sure. might be amazing. I don't think you are. <laughs> but I don't think I am either. Uh, the, the characters in um, in Pacific Rim 1, while they weren't wholly fleshed out, they there were more than just, uh, uh, you know, here's the hero, here's this, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, you know, we, we, we got to look into um, Idris Elba's background a little bit sure, with, the sure, Japanese, sure. With, the, with his daughter mm-hmm. and all of that stuff and that was that was cool there's some meaty stuff there they don't get heavily into it right and it doesn't look to me like this is anything like that well I think you one of the scenes for me in the trailer there's a scene where it flashes on a, a news cl- news clipping yeah and, and the picture in it is of Idris Elba yeah, yeah yeah and when I saw it I thought is it just me or does he look embarrassed like does that photo look embarrassed <laughs> like even my photo is embarrassed to be a part of this uh, yeah, we didn't care. I I agree with her. It's, it was very much Transformers in a. It looks silly. I'm not going to go to the theater and see it. Um, I, as a completist, maybe I'll get it on disc just mm-hmm. to have the two. I don't know. Sure, maybe. We'll or if see. it comes out in a little set or something like yeah, that, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, moving on to what we've seen. You watched anything? Um, it's Halloween. <laughs> I'm sure you're watching something, dude. Yeah, but. You have no idea. Like, <laughs> I, my schedule is so insane. Um, I, I did watch the uh, that the we saw a trailer for it not too long, uh, I, two weeks ago I think. The um, what happened to Marsha Johnson? I think oh, you did. Yeah, that's yeah, on yeah. Netflix now. Yeah. Oh, good. And is that's, it good. And it it is it is it's really good. However, it would have been better as a maybe like a, a one hour special. Mm. Um, there's a lot of footage of. The um, the the main person who's trying to track down information who works for the the anti hate um, Southern Law Center or something something um, there's a lot of shots that, that the the documentary filmmakers you know who are following her attempts to find out what happened where it's just she's just sitting and looking out a window and Oof. there's a lot of that there's a lot yeah. of filler. But the story itself is fascinating and tragic, and uh, it's it's it is good. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, I've seen a bunch of stuff. Um, not all of it's good. Lemmy documentary, highly recommended. Um, Never sleep again. Um, the Elm Street documentary, which I super long, which is super long. But I I applaud him for that because nothing's left. Lost it's over. the mo- I want to see that for do that for everything. Yeah, exactly. And every classic film. I want to, yeah. I want that level of detail because I'm a geek. Um, don't ask me why, but it was on the Beaver, the Jodie Foster, yeah. Mel Gibson movie. Awful. Just there's nothing redeeming about that. 
interesting documentary um, about um, the handling of prisoners af in Iraq called Taxi to the Dark Side. Uh -huh. Documentary, uh, dark as fuck, but it was good. Um, saw something called uh, La Morte Rizali uh, Yere Serra, or Death Occurred Last Night. Um, kind of a weird thing about a guy... A man has a daughter who's developmentally disabled. She disappears, and it's about the cop, a cop looking for her, and the father looking for her. Right. It feel there are moments in it that feel a little old boy. I stand alone. If you know Gaspar Noe's film, right. Um, it was okay. Uh, the biggies this week, um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah. Uh, don't believe the hype. It's and don't mistake. Don't listen to the people that are saying it's slow. Don't listen to anybody. Just go yeah, see go it. Yeah, go see it. Yeah. It, it's, it. It is a little long. It meanders a little bit. But it's getting into that world. You just want to just hang out in that world. And yeah. it's okay that it's slow. Mm -hmm. I think there are problems. I think Jared Leto is a little miscast. I understand that the director wanted David Bowie to play that role. Oh. Uh, and that would have been great. That would have been great. Um uh, so there's that. And then a, a film I know you've seen, um, Alien Covenant. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what you said about it when you saw it. Um, basically, I said, uh, Alien Covenant is basically Prometheus and Aliens... Together. Together. And I thought that that was a mistake. You either pick one or the other and go down that road... Um, I did not like the overuse of CGI. Mm -hmm. um, I loved all the David stuff, all, mm -hmm. all the stuff pertaining to David and and and, and the other whose name I can't uh, remember now. But uh, I, I loved that stuff. Um, the stuff with the um, the the crew and the alien, I didn't care that much about because I didn't care about them. It's I didn't care about them. Crudder, who I like as an actor usually. Uh, Billy, what's his Billy name? Crudup. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was Dr. Manhattan in Washington. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was the lead singer in um, Almost Famous. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I hated him. I One hated of the stupidest him. people on the planet. Yeah. And, yes, there's a history of people making dumb decisions in alien movies. That's kind of what it's based on. But this was like a contest on it, who it, could it, make the stupidest decision. It, it really felt like... Ridley was caving to the people who said, oh, we hate Prometheus. And it's like, oh, yeah. we, we got to give them this shit. Well, I know? understand that if they move forward with the series, they're going to focus more on the artificial intelligence. Yeah. Which is kind of beside the point. A lot of other people, a lot of people that, I, that when that came out are like, what? No. And I'm like, dude, if you're going to go anywhere with this, you got to go that way. Because if you don't, it's just, how many times do we have to see... The alien. Movie. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, instinctually, you don't look into an egg. Um, the other part that got me weird was James Franco's got to be pissed as hell, right? He was in that little thing they released beforehand, and then he, you see him in cryo sleep, and then the next thing you know, he's being burnt up. Well, unless unless he, you know, unless he was smart enough to go like, mm, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it just seems like, you know, he would just, have been a far more watchable character that you know that uh uh danny mcbride mcbride is probably the brightest star in this yeah and he's he's not bad yeah the the, the again it's just lazy it's like 
they're him and his wife are on 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 board, not yeah. his real wife, but yeah. a fictional wife. Yeah. And spoiler, something happens, and it's like, oh my god, what do you mean they they're dead? And it's like, do you know you're in fucking space, dude? Yeah. And everyone's just casually letting go of safety protocols. Having, and... having said all of that, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ridley Scott got a great score. still has that that sense of visual grandeur. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 not going to kick it out of the bed for eating cookies, sure. crackers. <laughs> what a horrible! I know. <laughs> Um, what kind of and, I, and, and, and it will and it will go on the shelf with the other ones. Yeah, but um, I I won't. It won't be the one I reach for. Yeah, right. Exactly. The Usually, only time that I'll watch it is if I go like, for whatever reason, I'm going to watch all the alien thing. Yeah. You know, or you're proving to point to someone. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. sit down and watch how shitty this is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do that a lot with Alien Three. Sit down and shut up and listen. Just yeah. listen to me and yeah. and listen. To um, but there's that. The other thing I had mentioned to you off mic was um, in stumbling around Netflix the, last night, I found two Alex Della Iglesia films that I didn't even know existed, much less that I knew that they were streaming. Right. They're called The Bar, and another another one is called My Big Night. Um, so next week, I'm hoping to have seen these and, and, and run through them okay, because cool. I love Alex Della yeah. Iglesia. Are you reading anything? I just got done reading uh, a goon um Oh, cool. Which, which kind of ties in with our topic. Yeah, the Brubaker yeah. thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, just got done reading the Goon book called Chinatown. Mm. Um, That's it, always good. Stuff. It really, you know, it, it, it shows it shows a lot of stuff from the Goon's past. For people who are unfamiliar with the Goon, um, if you like Hellboy, you'll yeah. like Goon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or the Goon. Yeah, it's yeah. very, it's noir very yeah. noir it's a, it's very cool. It's it, and it's right down Langley's. There's alley, been talk right? for a long time about doing a man. Do you film. remember the clip that they made? They yeah. made this like CGI clip, and it was like it was fucking cool. I yeah. was really excited. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see that. Nobody's bad. really bitten. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I am still reading the same thing, so I want to talk about two things that I know that are coming out. Number one, there's a new Jor Lansdale called Jackrabbit Smile that comes out, I want to say, within the next month or two. Sounds good. Uh, it's a Happen Leonard I was just going to say, it sounds like a Happen Leonard yeah, book. And I'm in the bag right away yeah, yeah. from that. And then the other thing is called This Is Not Fame, a From What I Rememoir by Doug Stanhope. <laughs> it's a uh, it's not a personal book like uh, Digging at Mother. Um, this is more, It's uh, by he- listening to his podcast, he's talked about it being... Um, more of road stories, which you know are going to be good. Uh, anything you want to talk about musically, and we'll get out of here. Uh, no. Okay, I got a bunch of stuff. Number one, um, I was bored at work last night. Um, Robert Plant has a new uh, new record out very called cool. Carry Fire. It's great. Yeah. It's very on the porch acoustic gypsy slide sure. stuff. That was really good. Uh, the John Coltrane, his second wife Alice, mm-hmm. has a record out even though she passed away. Um, I'm gonna screw this name up for good. Alice Turia Sangitanada Coltrane. <laughs> the record is called World Spirit World Spirituality Classics One, the Ecstatic Music of Alice Coltrane. And it's great. It's great. Okay. It's very Indian influenced. I'm very glad it's great because that is a horrible title. It is a horrible title. <laughs> the cover's very colorful. It's a bunch of people in varying outfits of different colors. Cool. Um, but it's great. It's very uh, raga sounding, mm-hmm. for want of a better word. Sure. Um, 
And then, you're not going to believe I'm going to say this, Pink's new record called Beautiful Drama uh-huh. is is good. It's a great pop record, and it shows this sort of maturity where she's talking about you know raising kids, and, and, and it's all framed in this sort of Pink Linda Perry songwriting thing. Okay. And then finally, um, Cliff Martinez's soundtrack to Jackie, New Jackie Chan, The Foreigner. The Foreigner. Very electronic, very almost tangerine dream. Oh, nice. But it's it's good stuff. Um, I really want to see that. The I, Foreigner? I, yeah, I really... I hear it's getting good reviews. I do hear that Pierce Brosnan in, in it, it, he's more in it than Jackie is. Oh, really? Um, but uh, Jackie was just saying in an interview that he he's like, I'd like to win an Oscar. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Sure. He might be able to. You, I mean, I, I think, I mean, he definitely has the acting chops. That's what... That's what always bothered me is like when he started getting cute and doing like these the medallion, the medallion and, and shit like that and white tuxedo and, yeah all that crap I'm like dude you are so much better than this like yeah. I'd be happy if as you got older and and you're not doing as much of the fighting stuff become a dramatic actor because you can fucking do it dude. yeah he can do it yeah at least at the very least he understands being natural on camera yeah though I did air quotes right there but yeah, yeah. um yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's one of the ones that... One of the most heartbreaking things you'll ever see is Jackie Chan with tears in his eyes. Dude, dude like, he, he's good at that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the, speaking of that, and I know we're getting out of here, but, um, did you see the Karate Kid remake that he did? No. Oh, I just saw a scene from it, and, you know... The one with Jaden, uh, Jaden Smith? Pickett Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has this sort of weariness about him mm-hmm. that... Um, his acting and not just the martial arts stuff mm-hmm. is the best in the film. Mm. And it's uh, you know I hate to I don't know that I'd recommend it because I don't know that I'd even recommend the, the original to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. But um, what I saw that I was like, look at Jackie acting his ass off. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. All right, we're out of here. All episode right. one forty five in the bag next week. Um, episode one forty six. All right. So for the bonus video podcast, I'm calm. I'm I'm Tom Carnell, <laughs> and I'm Langley West. Stay scary. <laughs>